The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This week on Dueling Review, it's Justice League Endless Winter number one from DC Comics. Endless Winter Chapter 1, the crossover event of the season begins right here. The Justice League encounters an extinction-level global storm brewing at the former site of the Fortress of Solitude. Enter the Frost King, a monster mad with power with an army at his command. What devastating mystery lies in his past, and how does he tie to Queen Hippolyta, Swamp Thing, Viking Prince, and their reluctant ally Black Adam? Two timelines will reveal further clues and secrets throughout each chapter of this blockbuster tale. What of the Dueling Review, I am Stephen. Over there is Matthew. And thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody who uh, showed up to vote. Uh, showed up to vote over at patreon.com slash major spoilers on this week's Dueling Review issue. Now, were there, were there problems with the voting system? Ah, yeah, there was a little bit of problem with the voting system. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But first, Matthew, tell us about DC Comics' The Final Night. The Final Night was, uh, I think, a 1994 or 95 crossover. 96, Maybe 96. 96, yeah. 96 crossover, during which the sun was being eaten by a sun eater, a and sun. the earth was freezing over. Because there was no longer a sun. Oh. And Pharaoh Lad didn't die to defeat the Sun Eater this time, which is one of the problems with the post-crisis continuity. And Superman lost his powers because he's solar-powered, and Wonder Woman couldn't figure out why everybody was singing R.E.M. music. Now tell us about Justice League Endless Winter number 1 out this week from DC Comics. Okay, so in Endless Winter, Superman left behind some junk that apparently Superman left behind his junk, ancient- yes. Yes, that apparently turned some sort of ancient creature into an ice being who is freezing over the world while Barry Allen obsesses over whether he's able to be a superhero and a dad. What is this? Uh, 14 years apart and the earth is freezing again. What's that? Uh, what's that? Uh, is it uh, not by fire by ice? Who is that guy? I don't know. You guys remember he was basically like his his theory is that the earth is not going to uh, die when the sun goes supernova, we're not going to die by a giant fire. We're going to die by slowly freezing to a solid ice cube. Uh, was what, it Eric Van Daniken? That's who I think it is. I think it's Von Daniken who, who had that. One of our listeners is smart and will probably pop in. Oh, speaking of smart people, look at all the, mm-hmm. the smart people who are hanging out in the Dueling Review uh, section this week over at our Discord server. As we record this show live, listeners, you can come join us every Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m., as we record this show live and uh, then we put it out later for all the rest of the awesome people, but the extra awesome people like Marshall, yeah. I get to listen to this show being recorded Marshall live. versus the machine. There was just something about this as I'm reading this. And you know, one of the frost giants, the, the king of the frost giants pops out and he's like, ah, yes, you all look like little Thorlings. Uh, and then he vows to freeze the planet that made me think of, of uh, final night. 
It made me think of the uh, Thor story with the casket of ancient winters where yeah, they froze over the entire Marvel universe and fought yeah. and fought and fought. Yeah. Except that, you know, that was Marvel. This is DC. So final night was the closest I could come to our planet is freezing. I must go now. <laughs> <laughs> My planet needs me. This is chapter one. So this is justice league endless winter. Number one of two. So mm-hmm. this is your first part of the book bookend. Number two, we'll wrap everything up. Uh, But before then, we're going to have to go through a couple of weeks worth of crossovers. Uh, Yes. So I think the next one takes place in the Flash. The rest of the year is actually going to be basically DC crossovers with this. Yeah. The the basic Justice League titles are all going to be crossovers for the rest of the year, which is then going to lead us into Future State. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, So this is what we can expect uh, from DC for the next month or so is... uh, the planet slowly freezing over. We're also going to get some jumping back and forth in time between an ancient version of a justice league and a modern version of the justice league. And as you said, uh, Barry freaking out about how to balance his time correctly between uh, superheroing and uh, family. This actually felt like TV's Barry Allen to me. This hmm. felt like Grant Gustin, Barry Allen for the mm-hmm. first time. Well, in recent years, I mean, Barry's had his own book and he's been flooping around since the new 52, but it hasn't really felt like the TV version until now. And that's okay because I don't think that there's anything that says that a TV version has to be what the comics have, or the comics have to be what the TV uh, has. Uh, That's actually an interesting conversation that's going on on Twitter right now because everyone's talking about how books and games have had an uptick thanks to Netflix series. And people are like, well, I wish movies would do that with comic books. And it's like, well, it has, but one of the biggest problems is jumping into, uh, you know, a yeah. new movie comes out and then you go to the comic book store and it has nothing to do with anything that you see on the screen. So it's harder for those people to get into it. Whereas you Comics see them are actively designed to keep new readers yeah. out. And you look at something like um, the queen's gambit and it's very easy to go pick up a chess board and a chess book and get into chess. Yep. Um, I think the thing that, I had to take a moment pause as I was reading this because as Barry is talking about, oh, how do I balance family life with being a superhero? I'm like, wait a minute. Is this Wally West? Is this 90s Wally West? Because that's <laughs> yeah. kind of what Wally and even up into the 2000s when he had uh, Jay and Iris uh, as the, as the kids, I was this felt like a Wally West characterization of the Flash. So I was really surprised then when I stopped for a moment, and said, no, this is this is Barry Allen. This is weird. Yeah, it does feel odd for Barry, but the whole issue feels odd to me. It, it I don't know. I'm a big believer in DC's uh, thought process of recent months of just not worrying about an overarching continuity. Mm-hmm. The books that cross over, cross over, and those mm-hmm. books are in the same continuity, and otherwise just read it and enjoy it. But I'm this one just feels puzzling to me. This feels like convergence to me. In that it feels like just coming completely out of left field and taking over or, you know, replacing the regular monthly books that we would normally have had. I don't know. I would be very curious to see if if the Earth finally freezes over, if the the heroes have their day by the end of this uh, series, which I'm sure that they will win. But then let's jump ahead to, you know, uh, a year later, a year without heroes and see what's happened. Uh, they've done 52, Steve. Yeah, I know. And it was such a great series. Uh, so yeah, I'm very curious to see what happens with the future state coming out of this. Mm-hmm. This doesn't surprise me though, because 
it is cold. My my youngest was complaining this morning about, whoa, winters is always so cold. And I was like, well, do you know why that is? And he goes, it's winter time. Um, this makes sense because this is endless winter and we are into the late fall, early winter time period. So it makes a lot of sense for DC to roll out, not a summer event, but a winter event. And this just kind of smacks as that summer uh, crossover event that we would have had back in uh, the 90s uh, when Final uh, Night was going on. So part of me wants to say, yeah, this, you know, it can come out of left field and that's no big surprise. Uh, Your comment about uh, how you kind of like what DC is doing by not really following any kind of continuity. That's something that um, that they were doing years ago. That's when um, now I forgot her name. I'm blanking on her name, who was in charge of uh, DC Comics uh, for a while. Uh, who was the president, and she was just like, yeah, we're not going to be worrying about continuity. We're just going to tell stories, and if things cross over, they cross over. And then they uh, fired her, and now they're finally doing the thing that she was a champion, and it kind of works. Um, you know, I really, I, you know, we read a lot of old comics, um, and sometimes we can read a Superboy comic, and we can read a Superman comic, and we can read a Batman comic, and we can read a Justice League comic that all happen in the same month of one another, And none of that stuff really references anything else. And that's fine until you get to the big, uh, what was that crossover issue in the Legion with, uh, was it Justice League and the Legion of Superheroes? Uh, Mm -hmm. Where it had the Justice League, the JSA, and the Legion of Superheroes all crossing over. And they all had an adventure and that was fine. And then you go back and everything has been back to normal. And I'm totally okay with that in comics. Um, As far as the specific story here... Even though this place, uh, even though this takes place at presumably, is it Antarctica or are we in the Arctic? I forget where we're at. I guess we're in the Arctic it's Circle. The, it's the Arctic because it's the former Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, I'm um, the whole Viking Norse themed thing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when you try to do that in comics and you're not Marvel, it really feels like, oh, man, these guys are really desperate to be Thor. <laughs> See. The Avengers have been doing this thing about an Avengers team a million years ago, featuring like previous versions of characters and old characters and parents of characters. And when we get to the end of this issue and we find that years ago, 10,000 years ago, a group consisting of Swamp Thing, Black Adam, Hippolyta and the Viking Prince. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just like, wow, this feels an awful lot like the Avengers of one million B.C. thing. I mean, that's not necessarily bad. No, 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 no. But throughout this whole issue, my response to this was, I really like Howard Porter's art. Yeah, yeah. Howard Porter's art really was great. And I don't care about this story at all. Why do you think I mean, that is? I, why, why do you think that is? Because I'm kind of um, of two minds on this. Part of me was mm-hmm. just like, eh, it's, it's a so-so story. And part of me is like, you know what? This is a really great first chapter. So I'm kind of of those two minds. So why are you in the, in the camp of uh, you, you don't like this issue? When the issue opens, um, we get the quick little thing at the Arctic Circle, and then we cut to four random supervillains just hanging out in, like, Rio de Janeiro or in, you know, the Arabian Sea. And then the Justice League shows up to kick their butts, which it's a nice setup. Someone actually says these villains are B-listers, and then they get wiped out in seconds. And the whole conversation is not about... How are we going to do this? What are our tactics? It's Barry Allen talking to the other Justice Leaguers about how to balance family and, and you know, superhero life. And I, I don't know. That just set me off on a bad sort of side because there, it feels like the characters aren't really worried about the threat. 
even once we discover Superman is like, oh, this was the Fortress of Solitude. What have I done? I may have set this loose. It doesn't feel like the characters are focused on what's about to happen or what is going to happen. And as with so many of these, you know, alpha type issues or first issues, it doesn't feel like really much happens. This is yeah. all set up again. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I wanted, I wanted something more out of this. I don't know what endless winter is or what it's going to become, but this book doesn't necessarily help me to know that other than years ago, something happened and the justice league may have to parallel whatever that was. There's a moment in here where the, the evil ice uh, queen Elsa, whatever his name is, looks at the league and sees different people. Oh no, it's you. And I'm like, okay, that's, that definitely means something. This means something. Yeah. And at the end of the issue, we find out what it means. And I'm like, oh, that's what it means. And I still don't care. Yeah. So I think, so one of the things that I find interesting, and I want to see where this continues because the next chapter of this uh, takes place in the Flash comic. So I want to see if this idea of how am I supposed to balance uh, family life and hero life, I want to see if that story continues through this. And if over the course of this endless winter, if if that is resolved or if Barry gets an answer that he finds satisfactory, because if not, then that is a lot of wasted stuff. On the other hand, Barry's mind runs at a thousand miles an hour. Uh, he may have in his mind thinking that, hey, I've got free time to have this conversation with other hero heroes without really realizing that, oh, by the way, they don't their minds don't run as fast as mine. Uh, so there could be that. But you're right. I do kind of want to see where this story goes, because I'm not really sure why Barry is asking this question. There hasn't been unless there's something that's been going on in the Flash comics, which I don't think there has been, uh, unless there's something going on where Barry has been put an ultimatum of spend more time at home and stop being a superhero or continue being a superhero and don't have a home life. Unless that ultimatum has been delivered to him, I don't really see where this line of questioning is coming coming from right right as far as i also as, want to know which swamp thing this is a thousand years ago i prob probably uh the original uh swamp thing uh in regards to your question about where is this all going uh that's why i brought up final night at the beginning is because uh yeah. as the frost giant king gets out into the world all across the globe people are like stay in place shelter in place as temperatures drop below minus 50 this is essentially hey the earth is getting really really cold all over the place and the heroes are going to have to uh, figure out a way to help all of these people in need. Um, that's where that part of the story is going. Uh, there's no way around it. That's the way that's where this part of the story has to go. Um, and then as far as your question of you wanted something more, I too was a, maybe a little bit surprised where this chapter ended. But for mm -hmm. me, this is where I thought this was a great launching point in what DC has classically done with their, uh, there are crossovers like this, because if you do remember in final night, we had like final night one, final night two or something like that. But then you had to go jump into another comic where you're looking at Aztec and he's running around trying to save everyone as I think he was in like Mexico city or someplace like that. And he's trying to save everyone and he's using all of his power to generate heat and warmth and light uh, to keep everyone alive. Uh, you know, and that was the gimmick of his uh, issue, which I also believe was the last issue or one of the last issues in that Aztec uh, run. Mm -hmm. And then you find out what happens because everyone else is fighting Sun Eaters and, and trying to reignite. And then how Jordan gets his act together and comes in and blows up everything again. 
Um, but I going from that experience in 1996, mm-hmm. that's what this feels like. And I was mildly entertained by Final Night back in 96. Um, and so I think that this is is kind of that saying, OK, now go and read the next chapter. You just have to wait a was it next week or something when the next chapter arrives? Go and read that and then see what happens then. And then that will say, oh, you want to see this story continue? Jump over into this comic and jump into this comic. Now, granted, the problem with these crossovers where you're shoehorning a major crossover event into a bunch of different chapters is a fan who's only reading The Flash or a fan who's only reading uh, Detective Comics is going to pick up this issue and go, what the heck is going on? I don't care about any of this stuff. I just wanted to see Batman or one of the detectives punch somebody in the face and and save the day. So there is that problem. But at the same time, this really feels like a classic DC crossover. So from that standpoint, I was very excited about this book. Now, if you went and wanted to nitpick, yes, I think there are problems with this. Um, I, I too wanted something at the end that was a little bit more strong. I kind of wanted a little bit more showing from uh, the Frost King uh, so from that, I'm, I, I am disappointed, but from a crossover launching point, I thought this was pretty good. Eh, I think it's one of those moments where, you know, we can agree to disagree. I feel like it's a perfectly fine book. I like the art. The story did not do a thing for me, but you know, I wouldn't necessarily pay for the comic. It is a five ninety nine comic, did. and I will say this again. I'm sorry. Uh, that's the card stock cover is five ninety nine. It's four ninety nine regularly. Um, yeah. Personally, as I've been saying multiple times, comics are way too expensive. I don't think I would have paid four ninety nine for this. Two ninety nine, yeah. I definitely would have paid for this. And I think that if DC, um, I, I wish I kind of knew more about the the finances of how much, what profit margin they have on comics, because I think that if their profit margin here, let's just say their profit margin is. Two ninety nine on this comic, right? And it might be. Um, then I would say, yeah, let's drop this down to two ninety nine. Drop our profit margin down to say a buck, and then uh, or fifty cents, and then sell five times as many comics because it's a two ninety nine or a dollar ninety nine uh, cover price. Uh, but that's just me. Uh, I always believe in selling more at a lesser price and then making up your your profit that way. Um, do I want to read the next chapter of this? Not really. I, I, I'll be honest, not really. I'm not that interested in it. Um, you know, I do want to see who who's who are the current uh, fire powered people in the DC universe. We still got Starfire uh, running around. Starfire is around. Well, she's not really fire, but she does exist. Firestorm, I think, exists. Okay. Uh, Sun Boy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in the future. Um. I kind of want to see, I want to kind of see some of those stories and see if they play out like final night played out years ago. But if it doesn't, that's fine. Uh, Here's your chance, everybody to see your favorite heroes bashing up the bad guys and destroying and obliterating the bad guys without fear of them actually killing anyone because these are just ice constructs. So go have fun with this. Um, I'm going to give it a tentative recommendation. I think that there's a lot of positive stuff that's going on on here as far as what this event is. I don't think it's a great first chapter, uh, but I think it was mildly entertaining. And I would like to know if the, if some of the questions that we've been bringing up uh, during this uh, episode pay out or not a play out or not, um, or have a payoff uh, because if they don't, then that would be really bad. And to be honest, if that balancing your home life and family life and superhero life thing doesn't come back until endless winter two, then we're really going to be disappointed. Yeah. 
I think we are. I think we are going to be really disappointed, and that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I don't think that this is bad as um, Convergence. I really okay. don't. I don't. Reading this does not feel like Convergence. <laughs> I like parts because Convergence but... made me cry. This makes me like, oh, okay. Everybody, huddle up. Uh, so we got to this issue this week because of fine spoilerites from around the world who listened to me last like week and said, you. yeah, like you who said, who listened and said, Hey, Steven said, Hey, we need to get over there and vote or this show is going to be canceled. And, uh, I said, let's try to get, uh, what did I say last week? 40 votes, uh, to this. And we did pretty good. We got 18 or maybe I said 20 and we got 18. So not quite halfway there. Uh, but we do need more people to go out and vote. Uh, I want more involvement in this, uh, in this show from you, the dear listener. And that does bring up the kind of problematic voting that we had with Dueling Review. We did. We so let me just read, let me just run down these, Matthew, and let's see if you can figure out what the problem may be. Okay. Uh, let's see. Scott says Justice League, Endless Winner. Uh, Bluey okay. says Justice League, Endless Winner. Mark Smith okay. says Stranger Things and Dungeons and Dragons number two. Marshall uh, says My Little Pony Transformers number one, which I've seen a lot of very positive reviews about that. Michael says Justice League, Endless Winner. J. Michael T. says Justice League, Endless Winner. Uh, Hannah says, I want to see what the Dune House of Trades is like. And then uh, Angela says, yes, uh, Dune House of Trades number one. I'm also curious. Uh, Justice League, Endless Winner. The Dreaming, Waking Hours. Dune House of Trades number one. Justice League, Endless Winner. Betty Page number four. Stranger Things, Dungeons and Dragons. There's a Dune option? Totally that. Um, Apothecary Diaries. Justice League, Endless Winner number one. And Dune one sounds interesting. <laughs> now, what? why do you think, even though now we can look at it and say, well, Justice League, Endless Winner has a lot more of the votes. It does. We had to throw well, about half the votes out, though. Because Dune House of Trades is a second or third printing. It's actually of going a into a third in September. Printing. Yeah, it's actually a third printing that came out this week. So, reminder, reminder. Yep. You pick one comic that you want us to review. Yep. We don't review trade paperbacks. Now, right. if there was like an original graphic novel, uh, you know, Maybe. like Lumberjanes, you know, if Lumberjanes came out with a summer right. special and it was a one shot kind of thing. Yes, we would review that if it was, you know, like 90 pages or whatever. We don't review comics that have been reviewed on the Major Spoilers website or on major, other Major Spoilers podcasts. So you kind of need to go check those out as well. And we also don't review second and higher reprints. Now, I understand a lot of people were excited about Dune. I was like, oh, this is very exciting. And I was like, no, wait a minute. That's a that's a third printing that's coming up. Right. Um, so, you know, I'm not trying to um, make fun of or put the, the people down who voted for Dune. I'm just saying we don't do those because those should have been reviewed like a month ago. And it probably right. was. You probably have to check the major spoilers website. But that being said, I think, Matthew, that there's a plenty of opportunity for people to go and vote for the next episode of Dueling Review. Absolutely. And they can do so at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash, a deforward slash rather, major spoilers. If you go there right now, you don't have to actually be a patron. You don't have to be someone who's giving us money. Although if you are, hey, welcome to the show. We love you. Uh, but all you have to do is look for a post and that post is going to say dueling review for what? December 7th, December 9th, December 9th, 2020. You want to make sure and double check when you're looking at it for things that say like trade paperback yeah. or so third in printing fact, or variant cover. So in fact, uh, Mark Smith 72, it says, well, how do we tell the difference between a trade and a reprint? Well, coming out next week from boom studios, we have firefly number 23. 
We right. have uh, King of Nowhere trade paperback. It says TP. Doesn't stand for toilet paper. Right. Stands for trade paperback. Yeah, because nobody have, has toilet paper right now. We also have Mighty Morphin number two. And then we also mm-hmm. have uh, Power Rangers number one, second printing. It so says you, 2ND Patig. Yes, uh, for those 2ND of you who Patig. Don't speak. Yep. Uh, so those are some of the books coming out from uh, Boom Studios next week. Dark Horse Comics next week has the Alien Original Screenplay number five. Bill and Ted are doomed number four. Uh, we also have, uh, let's see, what else do we have? Rick and Morty Character Guide hardcover. We wouldn't review that because it's a hardcover uh, collection. And also it's Rick and Morty. Well, no, we would review Rick and Morty if people said Rick oh. and Morty. I Dynamite would, Entertainment I next week. Like uh, Dynamite Entertainment next week has Red Sonia Prince of or Price of Blood number one. Vampirilla Dark Powers number one, uh, and actually Betty Page number four, and that's a black bag photo cover MR for ten dollars. So Betty Page, if you didn't know, she did a lot of risque, risque photographs uh, modeling when she was uh, in her day. And so yep. by seeing a, a Mister in parentheses, that tells me that this may be one of those risque Betty Page covers. Yeah. <laughs> IDW Publishing next week has the comic book history of animation number one. That one looks very interesting. I think somebody's already voted for that. Also, Lock and Key, Sandman, Hell and Gone number zero, Mountainhead number five, the final issue there, and TMNT Ongoing number 112. Image Comics next week has uh, Getting It Together number three of four, Homesick Pilots number one, and Moonstruck Trade Paperback volume three. Also, Savage Dragon 252 gets a third printing, and Savage yeah. Dragon 253 gets a second printing. Neither of which we will review, but they probably right. involve a 54-way. Yes, but I'm pretty sure you've reviewed both of those over at Major Spoilers, right? Uh, I did 252, because that's the uh, comic book issue that I loved and loved and loved. Ah, okay. All right. Marvel Comics next week has Amazing Spider-Man number 54, Avengers 39, Conan the Barbarian number 17, Guardians right. of the Galaxy number 9, Heroes at Home, number one. Let's see. Rise of Ultraman, number four. The penultimate issue there. Spider-Man, number five of five. That's the um, the J.J. Abrams Abrams and Son thing. Yeah. Uh, Strange Academy, number six. And Sword, number one. In all the rest category, we have uh, The Sumerian, Frost Giant's Daughter, number one. Now, that's actually a really good story. In fact, uh, Frost Giant's Daughter, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that the first Conan story adapted by Marvel? Pretty sure I'm, that was the first Conan story adapted by Marvel was Frost Giant's Daughter. Huh, I don't um, remember. Yeah, go back and look. It's 72 or whatever that was. Uh, Grim Fairy Tales 2020 Holiday Special. Uh, I'm Not Popular, Graphic Novel, Volume 17. Uh, now, that's one that is not a collection. That's essentially, you know, the, the mangas that they put out. It's 13 bucks. We could review <laughs> one of those if we had access to it. Uh, Lady, Death, Lady Death Blasphemy Anthem Number 1. And Robin Hood, Just Us, number six, the final issue there. Zorro in the Land of Time Forgotten, number two. Uh, We have not forgotten DC Comics. Coming out next week from DC Comics is American Vampire, number three. DC's Very Merry Multiverse, number one. That's a $10 comic right there. $10 comic. But it also has 10 tales of heroic holiday hijinks. So it's like a buck a tale. (laughs) That's not too bad. Detective Comics Bucket Tail. Detective Comics 1032 comes out next week. Injustice Year Zero number 12. That's a 99 cents digital first. Uh, also, Shazam and the Savage Magic, or the, is it the Savage Magic Lads or the oh no, the Seven Magic Lands. That's a trade paperback. Uh, Magic all, Lambs, yes. Yeah, the Magic Lambs. We also have uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse Flashpoint number one, a six dollar book <sighs> there. 
the comic that ruined everything. Did you find the uh, the first Conan? Nah, nah, I'm stuck on a wiki. You're stuck on a wiki. Conan the Barbarian Marvel Database. Let's look here. Uh, Conan, first appearance. Oh, no, it's just Coming of Conan was the first one. Um, but there I was I could have swore that that was a... Was Frost a Giant's uh, Daughter? Yeah, so Frost Giant's was. Daughter. Frost Giant's Daughter, comic adaptation. Doodly doo. They're calling again. Uh, yeah, let's see what the Conan wiki. Probably I'm wrong, but I'm, I thought it was. Savage, uh, let's you see. Savage Tales number one. The story has been adopted into Savage Tales number one, Marvel Comics, May there of 1971. Go. So there you go. And it was also and in Conan, Conan number Barbarian 16, number 16 from 72. So I was right in both cases. Well, yes and no. I said number one, I said 72. Number two, I said it was like one. the first uh, the first Marvel Comics Conan, which would be Savage Tales, right? No. The first Marvel Comics Conan would be Conan the Barbarian number one. Oh, However, okay. Savage Tales number one would be the first Marvel Comics Conan with blood and guts and boobs. Yeah, there so. you go. That's what I'm thinking of. So there you go, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Even Steven knows a little bit of comic book history. Listeners, uh, you now <laughs> want to head over to the uh, patreon.com slash major spoilers website and you want to uh, cast your votes already coming in. Uh, for the next week, uh, we have Yusagi Ojimbo number 15. Um, mm -hmm. I think we all know who voted for that one. Uh, we also Ooh. have Postal Night Shift One Shot, Lock and Key Sandman Hell and Gone number zero, uh, Lock and Key Sandman Hell and Gone number zero, uh, Make Mine Lock and Key Sandman, just because that sounds weird, and uh, Grim Fairy Tales, please. The Grim Fairy Tales is getting a little bit of stuff. Also, uh, Scott says, maybe I'm just feeling the spirit, but I'm thinking DC's very merry multiverse. If that's not allowed, then Flash 767. Of course, the DC's Very Merry Multiverse is allowed. Very Will it get enough votes? I guess we'll find out, Matthew. Tell them again what they need to do. You go to our Patreon. Patron. Petra. No, you do not get a drink of Patron. No. You go to our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash major spoilers. You look for a post. Dueling review for December 9th, 2020. You choose the book you want us to review. You tell your friends to do the same. We should be able to get 20, 25, 30 people voting. We should be able and to get 40 easily. But let's see if we can get 20 yeah. for next week. Yeah. And then next week we'll come around. We'll review the comic. Steven and I will be like, hey, this was good. No, it wasn't. Sure it was. No, it wasn't. Okay, fine. And then you will be able to listen to the show. That's right. And we if you're a super be. secret, secret patron, you can listen to the show live. That's right. And we will be back next week. We will find out which one you pick and you will be able to hear Matthew say... And hear the lamentations of the women. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.